All right, guys, welcome back to Everything College Full Podcast. Today, I'm here with one of my good friends, Hunter. How you doing, Hunter? I'm doing, I'm doing good. So today, we're going to be breaking down the top 10 quarterback rankings before the 2021 NFL Draft. I did the odds. He did the evens. Um, starting at number 10, we got Mr. Sam Ellinger from Texas. Um, you know, What do you like about Sam, Hunter? Uh, Sam Ellinger is, you know, he's a give-it-all type of guy, you know. Uh, he's not going to back down from any competition, you know. Rather, it's number five Georgia back in 2019, 18, excuse me, or any big uh, Alamo Bowl that they're in, you know. Um, you know, Sam Ellinger is a running quarterback. You know, he has decent, you know, arm talent. But, you know, he he's more of a – He's more of a rushing type of QB. Uh, Texas had a quarterback, Tyrone Swoops, who was, you know, just the same way. But, you know, Sam Ellinger fits just a little bit better in the passing category. Also, uh, you know, almost 100 touchdowns at Texas, which is, you know, outstanding. Uh, You know, it's just NFL coaches are going to look at arm strength on Sam Ellinger and – they're going to, you know, have controversy with it. You know, you got to have a quarterback that can throw. And, you know, if Sam Ellinger isn't, you know, going to develop into that, you know, he'd be more used as a, you know, red zone QB. Yeah, you know, Ellinger, he's a guy you want in your locker room. Great leadership. You know, he plays with great confidence. You see when he runs, he's a powerful runner. He lays his shoulder pads down, plays through the whistle. But, you know, the drawback really is the lack of arm talent. You know, shaky accuracy, completed under 62%. In his four years at Texas, you know, when he drops back in the pocket, he can be indecisive with the football. You know, sometimes concepts lack timing due to his movement in the pocket. He likes to move around. Um, sometimes he'll stare down his first read. Um, of course, you know, the intangibles with the leadership and whatnot stand out, but the lack of arm strength is going to be a big problem. Um, I see maybe a potential position switch for Ellinger. You know, he can maybe be a running back or a tight end because he's a guy you want. You know, he's going to fire up your football team. He's physical. You know, when he has the football in his hands. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot to like about Ellinger. He, he puts his heart in every single game. He, he's seen that at Texas. He bleeds Texas orange. Um, I see him going late day three. Um, do you see a p- potential position switch for Ellinger if things don't work out at quarterback? Um, You know, he could pop possibly, you know, turn into the Taysom Hill of the NFL. Uh, Taysom Hill, when he came out of BYU, I believe, um, you know, Hill exploded into that all-around player, you know, blocking punts, uh, catching, you know, catching passes. Uh, if, you know, he works on that over the offseason, you know, depending on if they want him to switch positions or not, uh, Sam Ellinger could probably, you know, be the, the, the new Taysom Hill. Yeah, that's just, you know, speculation on my end that a potential position switch could be in story. And he might show up and, you know, do really good things at quarterback. I do think Taysom Hill is a good comparison. He did a little bit of all that when he was at BYU, phenomenal runner. Um, didn't, he wasn't as physical as Sam, though. Sam's the more physical, but I do think that's a good comparison for the skill sets. Um, you know, I see the 49ers, you know, the Saints, like we mentioned, and the Seahawks, you know, probably the best fits for him to get in there and develop under one of the veterans. Yeah, that is true. Moving to number nine, we have Kellen Mond from Texas A&M. Uh, there's a lot, again, there's a lot to like about Mond, a lot of experience in there. He was, he's very coachable. He's coached very hard at Texas A&M. Um, what do you like about Jim, uh, Kellen Mond? Uh, you know, coming at from a 
you know, Florida fan. Uh, I like when we play Texas A&M. Uh, Kelly Mond, you know, he had, you know, the arm strength, the, you know, mobility. Uh, we, he was just named the MVP of the uh, Senior Bowl, which is outstanding. Um, maybe boosted his draft rating. Uh, not really sure, though. But I feel like Kelly Mond is, you know, might be a steal, might not. Uh, he's going to go in the later day, maybe day three. Uh, potentially, you know, uh, late fourth round. And plus, um, you know, he just, he's one of those guys that is special. You know, I'm not going to compare him to Johnny Manziel, but he was, I mean, Johnny was him. But Kelly Mon is, you know, developed throughout his four years at Texas A&M, which is, you know, amazing. Yeah, you know, he, he developed but never really showcased big improvements over his com career, nothing that really stuck. You know, his accuracy is a concern. He has moderate arm strength. You know, I think it's a little bit above average. Um, you know, he's, he doesn't he doesn't, he doesn't have any major drawbacks in one category, but there's a lot to work on. You know, he has his throwing motion for one. He keeps the elbow high and tight, so he can't really change the angle on throws. Um, he has a solid mobility. Um, you know, he can make plays out of the pocket. Um I think he's a true developmental prospect. You know, I think he can be a serviceable back, serviceable backup. I like the velocity and the ease on his throws. You know, even though that throwing motion will probably have some work. Um, you know, he's you know, like I just noted uh, mentioned. You know, he's coachable. Jimbo coached him very hard at Texas A&M. That's a big thing in the NFL. You know, being able to be coachable. So um, we have him here at number nine, but he could potentially sneak, sneak into the third round because I think he is one of those project guys who has a high ceiling. Yeah, yeah, true that. Moving to number eight, Hunter, you have uh, Mr. Shane Bouchelle at SMU. He actually started his career at Texas, ended at SMU as uh, Sam Ellinger kind of came in and took that job away when Tom Herman was there. Um, how are you feeling about Shane Bouchelle? Uh, you know, he's, you know, fifth-year quarterback, you know, played for two teams. Uh, you know, Shane actually threw for almost 4,000 yards in his 2019 season, which is amazing. Uh, you know, 307 passes completed at 490 with uh, 34 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Uh, you know, numbers kind of fell off in 2020, but interceptions went down, but so did the touchdowns. Uh, you know, he, he's a quarterback that, you know, he's a not more of a mobility guy. He's more of the, you know, the good pocket. You know, he can run, but you know, I feel like he'd rather stay in the pocket. Yeah, you um, know, uh, Bouchelle's biggest drawback, you know, is probably his arm strength. You know, it, uh, throws on the opposite side of the field. They lack accuracy big time because it takes his body a larger amount of force to get him there. Um, you know, he doesn't have a lot of standout abilities. You know, he's moderate at best at the things he's good at. Um, you know, one thing he really does well is he keeps his eyes downfield when he's pressured. He can step up and find his man. Um, great vertical passer. You know, he has good accuracy going uh, west, um, east and west. Um you know, I think he can be a, good, a solid QB to start in a rebuild, you know, to see what he's got. You know, I think also if he's in a – he could be like a Gardner Minshew type, you know, we can impress if he's in the right situation. You know, I, I think he can be a serv another one of those serviceable guys. I think his ceiling's already kind of in place, but he can play for many years as a suitable backup. Um, you know, I see the Packers, the Vikings, and the Pittsburgh Steelers as the best landing spot for Bouchel. Um, How do you feel about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Steelers is debating on whether Big Ben's going to return. Uh, obviously, Kirk Cousins is getting on in years. You know, uh, with Green Bay, knowing what Aaron Rodgers is going to do, you know, 
who knows if Jordan Love is, you know, that QB that's ready to lead. Um, you know, it's just something that teams are going to have to look at, you know, going towards the future, what he can bring to the table for any NFL team. Yeah, I think Minnesota, with the, all the weapons they have, I think that'd be an interesting fit to see what he can, you know, get him in there in a preseason game, see what he can do, have him learn behind Cousins a little bit. Um, you know, I think he'll play many years, you know, he feels the rush, he has good mobility. Um, there's, You know, he doesn't have elite traits, but, you know, he's pretty solid at everything, and I think that's what's going to keep you around as a long-term backup. Yeah, it is, definitely. Moving to number seven, Jamie Newman. Well, it's listed as Georgia, but he really never played at Georgia. He started his year, he started his career at Wake Forest, transferred to Georgia, and later opted out of the season. Um, a, lot, a lot of people recommended him staying at school for the final year. He decided not to. Um, I think that kind of hurt his draft stock. Um, how do you feel about Jamie Newman? Uh, you just – you got to love his height. Uh, you know, you get a – his height and weight, you know, 6'4", you know, 230 QB. I mean, you can't really ask, you know, much of that. Uh, I feel like Jamie Newman could have had, you know, a good season. Uh, you know, JT Daniels stepping in was, you know, I think I think JT's going to explode next year for Georgia. Um, so I feel like Jamie Newman did the right thing and entered the draft this year, you know, at Wake Forest, a dominant quarterback, you know, but never really got to shine, you know, with harder competition in the ACC as Clemson, um, you know, a couple losses to teams that probably shouldn't have been. But uh, other than that, I mean, he's a good quarterback that I feel like could potentially be a, you know, QB2 type of QB. Yeah, you know, I, really, I think Newman really moves well for his size. The inexperience is a concern. Like, one year as a starter, he played the final few games in 2018. But, you know, like you said, his frame 6'4", 230. You know, he's a very physical runner, especially in short yardage situations, you know, kind of comparable to a Jameis Winston, I guess you could say, in terms of size, you know, but a better runner. Um, toughness, resilience. You know, his biggest drawbacks, though, you know, when it comes to throwing, he's kind of predictable. He often locks on the one target, stares him down. He's not the very best when it comes to the mental processing. He's only accurate in the area. He's not a precision passer in the NFL. You need to be spot on. He's not going to be able to put a zip on the ball. Um, he can fit it in tight windows, but he's like uh, he kind of lacks the comfortableness in that category. And it's struggling to adapt. That's another thing that's kind of a drawback for him. Um, he needs to take a lot of strides as a passer, but all the tools are there. The skill set he has it. Um, his inconsistent mechanics that can be coached on. Um, I see him as an early day three pick. I'd really like to see him come back for at least another season or have played in 2020. Um, we did, and you can't do that now. Um, good things have been reported from him out of Mobile in the senior bowl. So um, we'll have to see what uh, what how teams feel. I don't know if, Georgia, if he's going to be at Georgia's pro day. But I think uh, the projection around for Jamie Newman is an early day three selection. Yeah. Moving to number six, the final six quarterbacks all are projected to be within, I'd say, the top 40 picks. Uh, we have Kyle Trask. Uh, there's a lot to like about Kyle Trask, including his ball placement out here. Exactly. Uh, you know, Trask came into the college football season. You know, the, he was the talk of college football. But, uh, you know, favorite Heisman. But I feel after the, the LSU loss, he, you know, he took a dip. Uh, I felt like that stuck with him throughout the, the next two games he played against Bama and against Oklahoma. Uh, we all know what happened in the Oklahoma game. 
you know, 2020 was the year for Kyle Trask. You know, before entering Oklahoma, only throwing five picks, which was, you know, amazing. And 43 touchdowns before uh, the postseason. Uh, he, you know, over, a little over 4,000 yards. Uh, he's a, you know, a good QB that could develop. Uh, I think Kyle Trask, uh, the most important thing that is, you know, probably going to shock everybody is, you know, his ability to escape. You know, I understand he might not want to want to run, but, you know, if he gets the chance, you know, he'll, he'll go pick up the first down. Yeah, you know, he didn't make a lot of plays out of the pocket and his mobility is kind of limited, but he's, you know, he didn't really make a lot of head scratching plays. He always seemed to make the right play, whether that was re making good reads and going to the check down, you know, finding his guy downfield. You know, Trask, phenomenal season of the Oklahoma game, not too worried about. You know, he didn't have, have a lot of chemistry with those guys, especially with the limited practice. So, you know, I throw that out the window, not a big deal whatsoever. Um, he doesn't have flashing arm strength. The velocity doesn't exactly carry downfield. He doesn't have a laser of an already. You know, he's not going to fling it into a pocket or, you know, fling it into a tight window. But the ball placement is probably the best in the class. His progression is, has been impressive over his years under Dan Mullen. Um, you know, I really like Kyle Trask. We have him at number six because, you know, he's he's uh, limited physically with his gifts, but, you know, when it comes to mobility and all that, but, you know, I like his poise in the pocket. He would stand in there and take a hit. Um, he has a high ceiling, though, impact starter. Um, I would like to see Trask in year one work on his anticipation. Um, there was times where he'd wait for receivers to complete routes other than throwing it with timing, and that would, you know, you, you can't do that in the NFL timing. He has to be uh, pretty pinpoint. Um do you see, where do you see, you know, Trask potentially ending up when it comes to his draft D? Um, you know, Kyle Trask, I mean, could be a, you know, potentially second rounder, third rounder, or even, you know, in the mid first. Uh, you know, I feel as if he, if he doesn't get picked, you know, that the teams that actually possibly need a backup quarterback, uh, you know, probably, you know, to the second round of the NFL draft where he could fall. Um, the Steelers, again, he, one of those teams would probably be a, a good fit for him to sit and develop. You know, a team like that could be in line for him um, if they don't go with an immediate starter. Could you uh, concur with that? Oh, yeah. I mean, the Steelers, <laughs> you know, you know, they brought back Josh Dobbs from Jacksonville. Uh, I don't really think he's made the uh, impact, you know, coming out of Tennessee. Um, you know, Kyle Trask is someone who can, you know, really – Push that Steelers team back into the playoffs, you know, as, you know, Big Ben did. Uh, he also has weapons, but that would be the, you know, leading wide receiver drop team in the NFL. A lot to like about Pittsburgh's supporting cast, though. I think the same thing with Minnesota, who I mentioned earlier. You know, I think Trask, uh, he's not, I don't know if he's going to be the guy that's going to uplift your team that doesn't have a lot of talent, but I do know that around a lot of talent, you can consistently win, you know, 12 games a year. So I think, um, It'll be interesting to see where he ends up. If he ends up with a team like Minnesota or Pittsburgh, I think uh, he can really do some damage. Yeah, exactly. Moving to number five, we have Mac Jones, another guy that was kind of like Trask. You know, he really impressed in 2020. Um, Jones, again, he's he's a lower-tier athlete, but he's a high-level distributor. You know, he completed 77% of his fastest, 4,500 yards. You know, it's granted he had the best supporting cast in football. So there's kind of some question marks when it comes to his decision-making because he didn't have to, you know, go through full progressions a lot of times. Um, how do you feel about Mac Jones? 
I like Mac Jones. Uh, you know, first year starter, learning under Jalen and two, I think really brought him to where he is now. Uh, Mac Jones isn't going to be your typical runner at all. Uh, you know, pocket guy. Uh, he'll take a run if he needs to, but I feel like he doesn't know how to slide, you know, going back to the Ohio State game when he rolled up on his ankle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mac Jones, Mac Jones could potentially come onto the scene, you know, maybe not first season, but a second season starter. Uh, and you're right about his decision making. You know, all he had to do was, you know, throw it up and, you know, his Heisman receiver, Devontae Smith, would be there. But, you know, they might not be on the same team. He might not have the same Devontae Smith. So, you know, that's going to have to he that's going to have to be something he works on on the NFL. Yeah, I don't think that he's again like I said about Trask, I don't think he's going to carry a team that lacks the talent, but if he has the talent around him, the team's going to thrive, you know. Um, you know, he didn't have to make a lot of tough decisions, but a lot of the throws he did make were highly impressive. You know, his anticipation was great. You know, he's consistent with his ball placement downfield. Um, you know, there's a lot to like about his arm. I'd like to see him work on his base. He throws flat-footed sometimes. You know, I'd like to see him get back to, you know, High-level mechanics. I think all this is coachable, though, with Mac, Mac Jones. Um, he's another one of those guys I think he'll play a long time if he's in the right situation. Um, I think his draftee will know that, you know, if he fits the situation or not. Another one of those guys will be interesting to go to. Um, you know, his accuracy, ball placement, they stand out. But I think the, the role is going to have to be the same. We're going to the NFL, you know, similar talent level. Um what type, What team do you think, um, you know, I noticed we mentioned the Steelers and the Vikings. Is there any other team that would probably be in potential for a distributor like this? Uh, yeah, uh, you know, potentially Mac Jones going to the Indianapolis Colts, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand they have Jacoby Brissett, but he's also – They don't seem very you know, committal to, jo- to Jacoby. Uh, you know, Mac Jones could be that, you know, pocket type of guy. You know, he has one of the best O-lines if he was drafted by the Colts. Uh, an outstanding, you know, Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Himes. Uh, he has a good wide receiver course, too, as Michael Pittman could develop. Uh, you know, he played outstanding this year, besides in some games. Um, you know, the tight end core he has would be amazing. And, you know, uh, the Colts probably, you know, take a wide receiver in the second round if they do choose. They do choose to go with Mac Jones in the first round, and you know they could potentially be a playoff team for the next you know, couple of years. Yeah, I think Indianapolis would be a really the ideal situation for Mac. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see like Trask who goes there because they could probably go either or. Um, I think this quarterback class is very interesting. You know, after after one and two, the marbles will start to fall, but a lot to like about number five and number six. Moving to number four, Trey Lance. Um, this guy, he's he's impressive. He lacks experience, but in 20... Then we played one game in 2020, but in 2019, look at this. 42 total touchdowns, zero interceptions, almost 4,000 yards for Trey Lance. Um, you know, how do you feel about this guy? Uh, you know, Trey Lance is... You know, he's explosive, you know, coming from a little small school up, you know, by the Canadian border. Uh He's, he's someone that's going to, you know, he, he's going to shine at the next level. Uh, he's not he's not afraid to run the ball. He's not afraid to run you over. Um, you know, the the lack of experience, you know, is something that is potentially could hurt him. You know, 2020 only playing one game. But as you mentioned in 2019, you know, no interceptions, which is, you know, amazing. Of, yeah. 
uh, almost, you know, 4,100 yards, a 67, you know, completion rate, which is outstanding. Uh, you know, Trey Lance could be, you know, in the conversation of going before Zach Wilson. Uh, you know, a bunch of mock drafts have him potentially going in front of Zach Wilson. Um, but either way, you know, this is probably going to be, you know, Trey Lance, number four. He's probably going to be, you know, a first-round selection. I mean, I'd be shocked if he went to the second round. Yeah, you know, he's really slept on inexperience, like we mentioned. That's a big concern. He's not only a confident runner, though. He pushes the ball downfield with plenty of confidence. So he's not, you know, he has deep ball precision, you know. It's just impressive what he can do with his legs and his arm. I think it's going to be a good combination if you get him in the right system. You know, if he's with the right coach. I think he's going to shine anywhere, but in the right system, I think he can really explode his talents the best. Um, only not, you know, There's a couple knocks on him. You know, with his first read isn't there, he'll look to take off and run. He kind of lacks the confidence in tight window throws. Not a problem. I think he, that can be coached out. You know, the, the speed in the NFL is going to be a lot more, so that confidence could be shaken early. You know, if, if practice, that'll stay there. The confidence is there, so I think that can be worked out. His, his field vision also needs to be improved. You know, there's times where his first read wouldn't be there and you'd take off and run because he has that dynamic to his to his uh, with his legs. Um, you know, that's one thing. Justin Fields as well, he's more laid back when a runner. He keeps his body protected. That's one thing you want to see with Lance. You don't want to see your franchise quarterback on the ground. Um, you know, a lot of people said he might end up in Washington. Uh, what do you think is a good fit for Lance? Uh, Trey Lance, yeah. I mean, Washington could be there. Um, you know, potentially seeing him, you know, save the New England Patriots, probably draft up a trade up. Uh, I mean, that could be a good fit also. Um, you know, it's it's going to be interesting. These uh, top four guys about, you know, whether futures hold, if they're all going to be selected in top ten. Uh, but, you know, Trey Lance, Washington, or maybe New England would be, you know, I feel like the perfect fit for him. Yeah, you know, um, strong arm, confidence in the pocket. He's very calm. He's also got that aforementioned running ability. I think no matter where you put him, he could uplift a franchise. New England, for example, you know, their biggest problem is they lack offensive talent. You know, I think Lance, he, I think you, know, he, you have to give him some patience, though, with his development due to the inexperience. But I think uh, if you give him that patience, I think he can uplift your entire program or your entire football team despite the talent around him. I think that's what Lance brings to the table. And I think New England would probably be an interesting fit. No doubt about that. Moving to number three, Zach Wilson. You know, this is a guy I've compared to Josh Allen in terms of, you know, mobility, arm strength. Uh, you know, what really stands out about Wilson? You know, uh, not really, you know, much talk beginning of the season. You know, still an interesting QB. Uh, really exploded, you know, in this year. Um, I like I like Zach Wilson's arm strength. You know, he can... He can make that throw that you need, you know, whether it's, you know, running out of pocket, planting his feet and bombing it down the field, you know. He didn't have the, you know, the the Mac Jones group with the wide receivers, but he sure made those plays when, you know, they counted on him. Yeah, almost, you know, astonishing play from Zach Wilson. He, he's an accurate passer. His mobility in and out of the pocket is just extremely dangerous. He's a great runner, you know, just exactly like Josh Allen is. He's also got, you know, elite arm strength. He can make any throw on the field. It's a close number two between Wilson and Fields. We gave Wilson number three here, but I really like this guy. I wouldn't be shocked if he goes above Fields. I wouldn't blame any team that does it. You know, um, 
he has all the tools there, you know, when it comes to what he can do on the ground with his arm, his legs. Um, he works through his reads. He's very accurate. He really showed improvement in accuracy in 2020. That's one thing that really stood out about him. Um, and one of his knocks, though, lacks experience versus elite competition. You know, I don't think that's ever been really – it's not always been a big deal. You know, they said the same thing about Carson Wentz coming out of college at North Dakota State, you know, lacked elite competition. The same thing will be said about Trey Lance. I don't think that's – you know, I don't think that's too big of a, a deal, you know. Um, his accuracy can be spotty under pressure. And, um, but he also has some character concerns, you know. His, people want to break, men, you know, mention he's a rich kid. His uncle owns JetBlue. They say he's selfish, not a leader, and his confidence. But, you know, he has confidence he won't back down despite being selfish. Um, I think that's another thing that can kind of be coached out of him. But it is kind of a concern, you know, if he's, you know, a rich kid and he's selfish, you know, he might not be the last one to leave the train in the room. Um, you know, that's not who I would want leading my franchise. You know, I'm not there. I don't know the situation. But um, if that's something that's being mentioned about him, it's certainly a concern. Yeah, exactly. You know, a lot of talk between Zach Wilson and Justin Fields. Uh, you know, you can't go wrong with either of them. Yeah, moving to number two, we have Justin Fields. Um, I really, I, one thing I like about Justin Fields is he has impressive mobility in the pocket. He can extend plays. His crisp footwork is just so clean to watch. Um, you know, what do you like about Fields other than just you know his his nice pocket presence? Yeah, I like Justin Fields as a player. Um, you know, he's really, you know, he's not that T law in the draft, but you know, he's he's you know up there. He's, I mean, he's a good mobile QB. Uh, he can make plays, whether it's, you know, cross body, you know, running to the right, you have to throw it downfield. Um, he's an excellent passer with the ability to hit tight windows, as, you know, as we've seen throughout the last two seasons he's been at Ohio State. Uh, something Fields can probably, you know, work on is recognizing, you know, when it's a blitz. I feel like that's something that uh, is going to, you know, tor torture him in the NFL when he does get drafted uh, as recognizing blitz. You know, uh, defensive coordinators nowadays do a great job disguising. And, you know, college and NFLs, I mean, they're the same blitzes, but, you know, it's a lot more bigger people coming at you. Yeah, it's, you know, nice that you mentioned that. He only has 22 starts, though, you know, so granted he's still, you know, learning the position rather, you know. Um, Indiana, that's something they did. He threw three picks. They really disguised coverage. They really fooled him on that. That's one thing that we stood out on tape. Um, it concerned some people too much. I wasn't really too concerned about it. You know, he's still young to the position because overall, you know, he has great velocity, superb arm talent, you know. He showed that against Clemson. He hit Chris Olave on a ball that was like 60 yards in the field, perfect placement right into his hands. Um, you know, it, he has the abilities as a runner, like we've mentioned, like everyone knows. He runs a 4-5, and, you know, he preserves himself as a runner. That's a big deal in the NFL. You don't want to be playing yourself in the injuries. Um, I see Fields going top five, you know. Um, I think he's going to develop when it comes to being able to make reads. You know, he has all the tools there. He has all the physical gifts. I think he's going to be a phenomenal player. Um, where do you see – do you see Fields outside the top five or inside the top five? I see. I see Fields in the top five. You know, um, depending on you know whether you know Zach Wilson is taken or if Pinnell Sewell is you know going top five, which he probably will. Uh, it's kind of dependent see, on where the, what the Jets do. I'd like to mention. I think whatever they do, I think that's what the cards will start to fall. If it's Fields they take, then you know that's who they take. If they go Zach Wilson, Penny Sewell, that's when I think the cards will start to fall. But um. 
continue on your point. Yeah, uh, you know, if Zach Wilson is taken before Justin, I could potentially see Justin Fields going to the Atlanta Falcons, maybe. As, as you know, Matt Ryan is, you know, getting old, and there's a great group of young receivers up there, uh, plus Julio Jones, which is also getting old as well. You know, Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, a uh, very talented group, and I could see them, you know, exploding maybe a couple years down the road. Yeah, I see the Falcons as really the best fate. It could be a great bridge into the future because, you know, Ryan still has a couple years on their contract. They can actually get out after 2021, I believe. They can get out after that, you know, I feel sit behind and learn for a year. Whatever they do with Julio, they can keep him. They can, you know, trade him away for some assets. But, you know, they do have Calvin Ridley, and I think Fields, um, he doesn't have to have elite talent around him to showcase his skills, but they'll continue to work on that. I think that's just a perfect fit overall as the Falcons. Uh, I do think... Like I said, the Jets might be in consideration. While the Panthers could also be a team to watch. Um, I, oh, I love Teddy Bridgewater, but there's been talks that the Panthers could go ahead and get another quarterback um, to secure themselves for the future. I think the Panthers are going to be a great team. So whatever they do, I don't think is a bad decision for Carolina. Moving to number one. Trevor Lawrence, he's been listed as a generational talent. They've called him the best draft prospect since Andrew Luck. Um there's a lot to like about Trevor Lawrence. You know, how do you see his um, projection at the next level? Uh, you know, he's potentially a lock to go to the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, you know, which are, you know, struggling. But, you know, I say with a few draft picks uh, and their potentially future quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, they could – you know, they could start probably down, but I feel as if they'll work their way up in the next, you know, decade maybe. Uh, you know, great talent like DJ Chark, uh, D.D. Westbrook, you know, those guys are – they can be explosive, you know. Uh, maybe comparing, you know, Trevor's wide receivers that he had to Jacksonville's wide receivers right now, uh, DJ Chark, you know, the – but T. Higgins without, you know, crossing out the speed that DJ Chark has to T. Higgins, uh, I feel like it's kind of a match. And also with, you know, D.D. Westbrook, Amari Rogers, you know, that's – those are two guys to look out for that could break out potentially, you know, when Jacksonville picks Trevor. Yeah, they all – the Jaguars also have Colin Johnson, LaVishka Chanel. They have, you know, pretty solid talent. I don't think this is a – a bad case for Trevor whatsoever. They also have James Robinson who shined as an undrafted free agent. You know, there's plenty of weapons. I think if you insert Trevor, who's gonna, uh, he has the potential to uplift a, a, a team regardless. You know, with that talent, I think you, they can do. They can maybe make some magic. You know, we speak about his elite physical gifts. You know, he's blended with exceptional IQ, the intangibles, the elite arm talent. There's just nothing but a long list of pluses when it comes to Trevor Lawrence. He can make any throw on the route tree. The zip and the velocity is just highly impressive. Uh. Do you see any areas that uh, Lawrence really needs to work on, or are you pretty happy with his overall skill set? Uh, you know, you know, I don't think there's really stuff to clean up with Trevor, you know, besides, you know, locking on to a, a one-man throw, uh, you know, going back to what I said about his targets. You know, he's going to have different people to go to. Uh, I understand he have uh, Justin Ross this year because of, you know, hard condition. 
So it was more of the uh, Mari Rogers show. Um, but, you know, Trevor Lawrence, you know, if when he gets good protection, I don't think there's, you know, I don't think he can be stopped. Yeah, you know, even if when the protection is lacking, he's got phenomenal pocket presence. He can step up, make a play. You know, over, overall field general, you know, he's an underrated athlete as well. He can take off and make runs. Um, I'd like to see him protect his body a little bit more. You know, I think we'll see that at the next level. Um, you know, passes, the one thing I'd like to see him clean up, you know, passes will sail on him when he's in him with set his feet, you know, against Ohio State. He missed a wide open target as the rush, you know, caused him to throw off his base. Um, sometimes he likes to unload downfield, you know, and that's another thing. You know, he has the arm talent, he likes to use it, you know. Just a, there's just a little bit of deficiencies, you know. These aren't massive drawbacks, you should say. You just some things that kind of stand out on film. You like to see him work out because everybody has their flaws, you know. Um, his anticipation at times was also a little spotty. Um, everything, like we said, is coachable. I don't think any of this is really a big deal. Um, I think he's very deserving of all the hype he has received, and um, you know he'll have to prove it on the field once he gets drafted. Yeah, exactly, and. I understand he's not a loser, you know, two losses in the college career, but, you know. Yeah, winner as well. Change. have to, you know, go down a little bit. Yeah, I'd also like mentioning, you know, he has great mobility for his height. He's 6'6", I believe he's about 220, you know, great mobility for being that tall. Um, like you said, winner, 37-2, three college, playoff, college football playoff berths in his time at Clemson. He also really shines in big-time games. Um, very excited to see not what just Lawrence can do, but the rest of this QB class, especially numbers one through six. I think all these guys will be taken within the top 40. Um, a lot going on in the NFL when it comes to quarterback. Um, anything else you have to add? Any other guys you might think will be standouts, you know, that could probably flash under the radar when it comes to, you know, this, this offseason in the draft? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I feel as if, you know, just – just being that the running QB, as in Sam Ellinger, you know, might go undrafted. But, you know, any team that potentially picks him up, I feel, is, you know, getting a good deed. Yeah, I, Sam Ellinger, like I said, I think he could be in-store for position change. Big fan of Ellinger, though. I hope he shines as a quarterback. I hope he gets a, an opportunity to showcase his skills. Um, I think Jordan Lynch from NIU is kind of a – Good comparison for Sam Ellinger, and he of course had to make the transition to another position. Didn't work out, but I think Ellinger he has he has the edge and the attitude. He can certainly stand out if he was a switch to a running back or a tight end position. Um, if you have any, don't have anything else to add, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. No, I'm good if you're good. Yeah, man, I appreciate you guys for checking us out, Hunter. Appreciate you having uh, having you on. Um, everybody, leave a like and subscribe. And uh, everybody have a good day. I wanted to talk to you guys about something that's up and coming in the college football recruiting world that I think is pretty exciting. MVNM is a website that allows you to pay college players to go to a school that you want them to go to. Think of it like Kickstarter, but for college football recruiting. Let's say I'm an Ohio State fan and I want Quinn Ewers to go to Ohio State. I can throw in $50 into a pot that he would get only if he goes to Ohio State. If he doesn't go to Ohio State, then I get my money back. That means that the player either goes to the school that you want them to go to, or you get your money back, so you can't lose. To show you an example, again with Quinn Ewers, 3500 bucks have been given to him only if he goes to Texas A&M, 2500 if he goes to Michigan State, and so on. Now the dollar totals aren't anything crazy yet, but this has been gaining a lot of traction recently, so I expect the pots to get pretty big soon. And yes, this is legal, players will get the money after their college eligibility is done. However, it's soon going to be that the players will be allowed to get paid, and when that happens, they would get the money when they commit. In my bio, there's a link tree, and I'll link this website if you want to check it out yourself.